The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the host and guest and do not reflect the views of all parent centers or statewide family networks. This podcast does not provide legal or medical advice. No guarantee is given regarding any statements or opinions provided and is for informational and support purposes only. Welcome back to our listening audience. Thank you for tuning in to another Pep Talks podcast. We have what I believe is a good topic planned for today. We will be discussing concerns parents might have about their child's development, signs to look for, and when to get help. First, allow us to introduce ourselves. I am Kendra Gibson, the Family Voice Facilitator at Nevada Pep. And guest, please introduce yourselves. Hi, my name is Joanna Gonzalez. I'm a family specialist at Nevada PIP. And my name is Dan Sapp. I'm also a family specialist here at Nevada PIP. Welcome, Dan and Joanna. I'm I'm so excited about this episode. Although I might say that about every episode, this really is special because we've been doing this uh, for several years together now, right? And we've really learned and worked together over the years So it's exciting to have you both with me. We really are just inviting people into the rich conversations that we have often here at Nevada Pep, right? So let's not keep anyone waiting. Let's go ahead and dive in to this topic. I'm gonna start by proposing a question and I I wanna get you guys' feedback on this from all of your, your own experiences and working with families. I wanna propose a question. What concerns might parents have about their infant or, or young child's growth and development? For me, with my oldest, it, um, I think it was her not learning her days of the week, not knowing how to write easily, learning her days in the, of the calendar, distinguishing from left to right, not knowing how to write a bike. Um, she was able to like hold the pencil, but she struggled like with the writing formation of the letters. And when it count to counting, she couldn't remember what was next. So it seemed like she wasn't understanding many times, even after explaining it. I can totally relate to that, Joanna. We uh, had many of the same experiences. For us, it was all about the milestones. You know, you're looking for those markers. All the baby books talk about, uh, you know, what should be happening at six months, what we're doing at a year, a year and a half, and so on. Um, and, And my son said, Dada, rather early. And then that was it. And that was another sign of concern. There was, um, although he started early, he then just stopped. We were prompting for other words, but you know, it just wasn't happening. Also, we found out with eating, uh, he was a very picky eater, even as a a young guy. And there were textures he really didn't seem to like. We didn't put it together at first, but it certainly was a concern and something to look into further. So, it really was a milestones for us. Yeah, I can connect, I believe, to what you are both saying, milestones and Joanna looking at some of the ways that I, I would try to teach early on. And it just didn't seem like 
the way I was doing what was right. Even when I, I looked at how to do it uh, out of books that were very good books, it just wouldn't click. And I didn't have all the right language at the time, right? We don't know what to call it. Uh, we don't even know if it's a diagnosis. We're really just thinking, okay, maybe they learn differently or maybe they'll catch up. Maybe I need a different tactic. Um, so I, I, I think many parents that are listening that might have a concern can probably connect to those similar experiences as well. So I wanna ask another question because you guys both touched on milestones as well as maybe some academic development and concerns. What signs would parents be looking for if it's a behavioral or, or mental health care need? Yeah, for us, the, the one thing that comes to mind is rigidity in behaviors and routines um, and refusal to do common things. For instance, my son, if he wanted an apple, he would go look at it and stand next to it. If we ask him to point or to say apple, he just did not want to. Um, it didn't seem to make sense to him. It, it seemed like he was looking at us like, you know, I know what I want. You know what, why I, what I want rather. Yeah. Why are you giving me this extra step? <laughs> um, and also transitions. When we had, um, if he's playing with his Legos, but now it's time to go. You know, the family is, is leaving the house um, and he wants to keep doing that same thing. So transitions were a real struggle as well. Yeah, Dan, that's, I can relate to the, well, several things that you said, but definitely with transitions, I experienced something similar and a lot of parents might say, well, don't all children struggle with transition? Don't all humans, <laughs> don't adults struggle with transition, right? Um, and, and there's absolutely a, a piece of that, that that's a part of just our human nature, right? I don't want to stop doing what I'm doing. But similar um, to you, Dan, with, with my daughter, it was a blow up, it was massive. We're in this restaurant and I don't want to leave it. I'm enjoying it. I like where we are and it would be an upheaval, everything. Maybe something flying off the table and we had to come up with exit routes in order to get out of there as quickly as possible. So sometimes, uh, yes, transition, all of us might say, I'm struggling with this one. I really want to keep doing what I'm doing. But if it's excessive, that could be signs of concern, right? Joanna, what about you? Yeah, um, I have some experience with this with my daughter as well, with um, her having trouble with transitions and not, but one of the things that I also struggle with her is um, her not being able to express why she was mad or frustrated. Um, and she was very hyperactive, so I couldn't really take her anywhere. She couldn't stop moving, so I needed to, like, show her those positive behavior interactions. And I went back and forth. It was kind of like teaching her new skills, you know. And it was very frustrating because, you know, she used to run away from me. All those eloping days. 
I remember my daughter, they had runner on her, um, some paper at school. I don't know. Dan, you want to add something? Oh, just, just us as well. Yeah. We had that, that with the running. Um, I just wanted to throw in there real quick, you know, um, I, I like to be able to not just identify a challenge, but then what do we do about it? Yeah. And there was a really good uh, tip sheet, rather, that we have here um, at Nevada Pep, and it's called Young Children with Challenging Behaviors. And so it gives parents a, an idea of where to start. What can I do? And one of the tips there that I really liked um, as soon as I saw it was uh, behavior of concern might be having difficulty playing or taking turns with peers, right? My, my son struggled with that one. And the suggestions uh, for supporting that behavior or supporting your youth in that behavior is to develop a way of rewarding appropriate behavior and consistently implement it for several weeks and then see if the behavior of concern starts to change. That's a really good tip, Dan. And, and that information is available on our website at www.nvpep.org. Uh, certainly go over and check out that and other tips as well. Dan, I, I like what you said and it made me think parents don't know what they don't know, right? We've all experienced that. Um, now that we're, we're talking and dialoguing a little bit about what we noticed early on, and early on can be different stages in our child's development, right? This could be an infant child. This could be a teenager. So it just depends on where your child is with their development and what you have concerns for at the time where you as a parent say, I think something might be going on. But with parents maybe knowing a little bit more and saying maybe there's something going on, there's something different, I don't know where to start, what would you say to that parent that says, you know what, I, I really am concerned. I, I have similar experiences to what I'm hearing today. What would you say to that parent? So for me, I had both um, negative and positive experiences. For example, with my oldest, she has like a learning disability. So that was something that a primary care doctor or a pediatrician couldn't tell me. So I needed to see a child psychologist in order to get her evaluated. For my other daughter, um, I did talk to her primary care doctor and it took be of me being persistent in order to get her evaluated by a neuropsychologist. Absolutely, I love that one, Joanna. You're talking about being persistent. You know, nobody knows our children like we know them. Um, a professional, a service provider may see them for 10 minutes or 20 minutes, we're with them 24 seven. So trust that instinct. And when you know that there's something wrong, just keep being persistent and seeking out support. You know, with, with us, our doctor kept telling us, oh, he, he's kind of looking in my direction. I think he's fine. But we just knew that wasn't the case. They would say, you know, he's also uh, with, with his speech that boys talk a lot later. But we were still at three years old with 
with one word, you know? And so we had to be persistent. We reached out to early childhood. Uh, we were persistent with our uh, primary care physician so that he could make other referrals. And um, eventually that paid off. You guys both make really good points. Joanna, you said it, it was a learning disability and your daughter's primary care doctor couldn't help with that, right? Sometimes that's, that's the very place that we land though, right? In that doctor's office in front of the pediatrician who is, is not really a developmental specialist, so they don't always know. So I think that is a great um, point to throw in to say, maybe that's where you start in the um, pediatrician's office and you can ask for a referral. Let them know what some of your concerns are. And then both of you made that great point about persistence. Sometimes, and I experienced the same thing, Dan, uh, where I went to the pediatrician thinking, this is, this is it, I'm gonna get some answers today. And uh, really that doctor pulled back in her chair, that pediatrician and said, she looks normal to me, right? But, but we've been doing this long enough now and, and our children of course are older, but it's not just about a look, right? Uh, disabilities or um, differences, delays, don't have a look uh, all the time. Sometimes there are physical uh, disabilities, physical impairments. Other times there are um, mental or behavioral uh, things that you don't always see with the eye. So persistence is key. Another place that you can go is your child's school. Sometimes parents start there. Sometimes the teacher comes to the parent and says, you know what? It's a classroom full of kids. I've been doing this for years. Uh, I think maybe we need to do some evaluation. So there are a couple of different ways that parents can approach it if they do have a concern about their child's development. And I thank you both for offering your, um, your insight here. As we come to a close on this episode, I wanna ask one more question. So now that parents may have more information about their child's development, maybe they're connecting with what they're hearing us say here today, they've learned that there are some signs to look out for of behavior or um, learning and development and growth or the lack of, of development and growth that is standing out to them. And they're saying, I need to go in and see someone, talk to someone, maybe there's a diagnosis, maybe they just need some early intervention. What, what next steps might you offer to a parent? Joanna, you wanna give us some next steps I think it's important to learn more about your child diagnosis. And I wish I knew about Nevada PIP, but if you do have questions, I would say to call Nevada PIP. We have lived experience that we could help parents navigating access to their insurance, state programs, and different community-based programs that could help them with screenings and evaluations. As a parent center, we offer different trainings and support groups to help educate parents, learn more about their child's development, community, and special education evaluations. 
Absolutely, Joanna. Knowledge is power, right? And um, I really like the, the support group piece. Um, and I want to expand that to networking in general. Uh, reaching out, find your tribe, find your people, other parents that are going through the same or similar things. A lot of um, people have already been down that road, found different services. And it's important as well because they often know what's in your community, what's in your area and um, services that are available uh, to youth that have concerns that are at least similar to the ones that you are facing. So I really like that support group and networking piece. Yes, I like it too, support group and networking get around other parents with similar experiences. And, and that is something that is really good about Nevada PEP. Great majority of our staff here are parents of children with uh, various disabilities. So we have that lived experience. We want parents to know that we do understand and can connect with the feelings and emotions you may be experiencing with concerns about your child's development. So if you do have any additional questions or concerns, as always, certainly feel free to reach out to us here at Nevada PEP. You can check out information on our website at www.nvpep.org. Uh, please uh, give us a call and let us be a help in navigating you through these different processes and answering your questions. You can also give us a call at 1-800-216-5188. Thank you all for listening in to another Pep Talks podcast. 